0: Hey, this is Greg Sanders. Thanks for listening today. It's our hope that this message will help you connect to God, grow in his word, and serve the kingdom in a greater capacity. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's message. Um, you might also be wondering, I don't look quite like Pastor Greg. I mean, I'm, I'm working on that height, but I'm not quite there. He's still on sabbatical. So we as a staff have taken over a week of preaching. And so this is my week, so you get to hear from me. Um, And all of these weeks, though, I'm sure you know, Addison's in charge. So if you have any comments, concerns, complaints, direct them to him today, too. I'm totally fine with that. He can pass along whatever I need to know. Um, But really, Addison is doing a fantastic job, and he has done so great at leading us as a team and just taking care of everything. Most of the things that have gone wrong, I have nothing, no idea what it is, which is perfect. That is fantastic leadership there. So make sure you tell Pastor Addison, thank you and great job. So today is Memorial Day. Before I jump into Memorial Day, I want you to think about your journey, your journey of faith. There are moments in our journey that are completely unforgettable, moments that anchor us to Jesus and our faith and our confidence in his faithfulness. I want you to close your eyes a second. I'm not going to do anything, no surprises. But I want you to go back to a moment, a moment that you know God met you. Maybe it was a moment of provision. You were in desperate need and God miraculously provided. Maybe it was a time when you were in complete chaos and uncertainty and God filled you with peace. He met you there. Maybe it was in the soft whisper of the voice of the Holy Spirit just as you sat in the woods or sitting on the beach or even just watching your kids or your grandkids play. Can you go back to that moment? Could you take me by the hand and take me right to that moment where God met you? You can open your eyes. Whatever your moment, don't lose hold of what God gave you in that moment because it's in those moments of divine interaction that we anchor our souls to Christ. We have to remind ourselves of God's faithfulness because it's that that inspires our testimony and our ability to tell others and share with them about God's faithfulness and his character and who he is. So today is Memorial Day. On Memorial Day, we remember. We remember those who've given their lives for our freedom, for a cause beyond themselves, beyond what they could have done on their own. They willingly laid down their lives for us. The first Memorial Day was called Decoration Day, and it was observed on May 30th, 1868 at Arlington National Cemetery in Washington, D.C. This is a picture from Arlington National Cemetery. If you've never been there before, if you ever get to go to D.C., I recommend going. It's very just awe-inspiring. Um, that's not something I would typically say about a cemetery, but it is just such an honorable place to just go and remember and um So back when it first happened, James Garfield gave a speech, and 5,000 people joined him to decorate the graves of thousands of fallen soldiers. It caught on. By 1873, it was made a national holiday. Why? Why would we take time to honor those who passed? They're not getting anything from it. So why do we keep remembering them? Why do we remember things? Well, in this case, it's to honor the significance of their moments, We remember and memorialize the weight of the impact of their moments, of the life and time that they sacrificed. While honoring them is necessary, they're not benefiting from it. But those who come after them are. We are. Their legacy is impacting and shaping the destiny of the generations that they fought for. So we remember. Many times in the Old Testament, our fathers of faith did the same thing. God would speak to them, God would meet with them, and they would mark that moment. They would set up a memorial, they would place a stone, they would name a place so that they would remember, so that people to come would remember. That moment you thought of a little while ago, have you marked that moment? Have you done something to remember that moment? Maybe you have a little memento, or you took a picture, or you posted about it. Mark that moment today. Go ahead and go with me to Joshua 3, 9 through 17. We'll start there. Um, To set the stage, the Israelites had been led by Moses in in the wilderness for 40 years. They had escaped from slavery in Egypt, and then they wandered around the wilderness. They would turn to God, and then they had a pattern of forgetting They would turn from God. It wouldn't take much, and Moses would come back and be like, Guys, what are you doing? This is not what God told you to do. Turn back to God. So they'd done this for 40 years. And at this point, where our story picks up today, Moses had just anointed Joshua. They had followed Moses, dedicated to him. He anointed Joshua and said, Guys, this is your next leader. God has chosen him to be your next leader. Follow him. So now... They were ready to go to the promised land. The only thing that was between them was the Jordan River in flood stage. So we pick up here in verse 9. So Joshua told the Israelites, Come and listen to what the Lord your God says. Today you will know that the living God is among you. He will surely drive out the Canaanites, Hittites, Hivites, Perizzites, Girgashites, Amorites, and Jebusites ahead of you. Look, the Ark of the Covenant, which belongs to the Lord of the whole earth, will lead you across the Jordan River. Now choose twelve men from the the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. The priests will carry the ark, the Lord of all the earth. As soon as their feet touch the water, the flow of water will be cut off upstream, and the river will stand up like a wall. So the people left their camp to cross the Jordan, and the priests who were carrying the ark went ahead of them. It was harvest season, and the Jordan was overflowing its banks. But as soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying the ark touched the water at the river's edge, the water above that point began backing up a great distance away at a town called Adam, which is near Zarethan. And the water below that point flowed on to the Dead Sea until the riverbed was dry. Then all the people crossed over near the town of Jericho. Meanwhile, the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Lord's Covenant stood on dry ground in the middle of the riverbed as the people passed by. They waited there until the whole nation of Israel had crossed the Jordan on dry ground. Let's pray. God, thank you so much that you meet with us, that you give us moments with you to remind us of your faithfulness and to answer our prayers. Today as I speak, I ask that those listening and online would be reminded of your faithfulness, of the moments that you met with them. And those who haven't had a moment that they feel like you were there with them, that today would be the day that you would meet with them. We ask all this and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So, God moments. I would say that moment when the riverbed dried up again was a pretty big God moment to remember. He... God God knew it was so important, and it was such a moment in their history that they would need to be reminded of it for generations to come. In fact, God told them, hey, remember this moment. Chapter 4, verse 1 says, When all the people had crossed the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Now choose twelve men, one from each tribe. Tell them to take the twelve stones from that very place where the priests are standing in the middle of the Jordan. Carry them out, pile them up at the place where you'll camp tonight. Moving down to verse 6. We'll use these stones to build a memorial. In the future, your children will ask you, What do these stones mean? And then you can tell them. They remind us that the Jordan stopped flowing when the Ark of the Lord's Covenant went across. These stones will stand as a memorial among the people of Israel forever. A God moment, when God meets with us. What makes it worth remembering? Well, just like Joshua, if God says to Mark it, you should remember that moment. God clearly told Joshua, Hey, Joshua, watch this. I'm going to do something amazing today. He gave them instructions. He said, I'm going to do the impossible for you again. You remember, they had been a stubborn people. If you read through Deuteronomy over and over when uh, Moses is giving them speeches and giving them instructions, he keeps telling them, Guys, you are a stubborn people. Listen to God. Do what he said. And God knew that. He knew their pattern. He knew they were stubborn. And that's so encouraging to me because you might not know this about me. In fact, you probably wouldn't even believe it. But when people go to describe me, sometimes a word they use is stubborn. I mean, if they really like me, they might say, she's determined. But still, stubborn is one of those things. But it's not always bad, right? But God knows that about me, too, and he sets me up to be reminded of his faithfulness. It's a God moment if God told you to mark it. It's also a God moment if God spoke to you. When Pastor Greg asked us to prepare a sermon about God moments, I thought, hey, I can do that. I can for sure tell about God moments because I've had some of those. Like, I can can share one of those. But as I sat down and started listing out all of the God moments that I thought, oh, that'd be good to tell them. Oh, that'd be good to tell them. I had a list so long, I couldn't narrow it down. It was so hard. It was eye-opening to see and remember how faithful God has been to me throughout my life. So those moments started way back, and then up until, I mean, you know, every day we're hoping for a new God moment, right? But the pattern through all of those moments, every single one of them, I realized no matter what the way of the moment was, how it happened, God was speaking to me. God was speaking through those moments. And it was so important to remember God's voice and to remember how he spoke. So today, instead of just telling you about one and framing everything around one, I want you to remember to remember God and his faithfulness. Because no matter what I say, I don't matter. It's the faithfulness of God that matters. But I hope through my words the Holy Spirit will speak to your heart and remind you of a, how, of a personal God he is, how he meets with you. Maybe your moments are similar to mine. Maybe they're not, and that's okay because God created each of us, and he knows how we speak and how we understand too. So, Let's go back a little bit. As a kid, I was a part of the assembly. I guess as most of you know that. So I was a part of the incredible kids' ministry and youth ministry here. There's a, a long time of great ministry that's happened. And one of the things that still is enduring today is that we really want kids to be in God's presence, not just to come to church and to have fun, but to really know how to pray, how to study the Bible, how to hear God's voice, not just to pray to God but also to wait in quiet, listening to him and identify what that voice actually is. You know, as a teenager I remember there were lots of times where I knew God spoke to me. I was supposed to marry that boy at 13 years old. My youth pastor said, no you're not. I was so offended. But, I didn't marry him. I married Adam and it was a way better deal. So just you know, disclaimer there. Um, But I had leaders who had that openness to speak to me and tell me really directly no that's not right God's not speaking that but look this is what the Bible says and this is God's pattern and this is God's character so if you send your kids to kids church or to preschool or to velocity you can be assured that we're still teaching those them teaching them those things that we were taught so all that to say I was a child then I am an adult now and I know what God's voice sounds like all the time. In fact, there are a lot of times when I'm really good at telling God, okay, I know I prayed about this. And, you know, whenever you want to tell me and confirm, I'm listening. I, hear, I, I know what you're going to sound like. But I think sometimes I limit him a little bit. So last summer, it was my first summer to really take over here at Power Plant. It was a great time. I had a whole lot to learn. I still have a whole lot to learn. So just know, I don't think I've arrived by any means. But last summer, it was heavy. It was hard. I was tired. I was overwhelmed. I was discouraged. I needed rest and refreshing from the Lord. I needed a fresh word. I needed Him to speak to me. And I was searching and I was praying and, you know, listening for that voice. And I'm like, okay, God, like, whenever you want to say it like this, but it wasn't, it wasn't coming so easy. You know, you have those times where things are just dry. And it was like that. So I was tired, and it was kids' camp week. So, you know, I was gonna get I was gonna get rest at kids camp, right? Like that's what we do. We go to kids' camp and we meet with God and well, I knew I would meet with God. I'd I'd always loved kids' camp. I grew up going to Hot Springs camp. And I was excited. I love going. I love going as a counselor. I loved going as a kid. There were even times as a kid that my mom would try to like, bargain with me to try to get me to stay home, and I wouldn't do it. So it was a special place, just setting it all up for, like, I have a history at the campgrounds, too. I would rest later. I was going. I was all in. But this time, God, he met me there. I had the expectation, and he did meet me there. But this time, it wasn't around the altars. And it wasn't even on the field outside talking with a new friend, building relationships, building relationships with our kids. It wasn't that at all. It was in our initial meeting. We sent the kids next door to the auditorium, and we were in our first meeting. You know, the one where they're like, okay, there are the rules, and we're going to tell you this again, and all those important things. And then it was time for our ministry opportunities for the week is what they call them. So we all worked together to run camp, basically. So my ministry opportunity for the week, I was prepared. I was ready to be a team leader. I was going to get out there and get sweaty, be in the sun. It was going to be great. I was going to be so, so relaxed and refreshed. But that's not what God had in mind for me. In that meeting, my job assignment was to take care of the pavilion and to launch launch pedal boats into the creek. Obviously, These were not taken by Jonathan or Pastor Addison because they're not like the best angle. But this was my view for the week. In those moments, whenever I got that assignment, I I was teary eyed because that's my favorite place on the whole campground. You know, I've, I've gone my whole life, so I know those campgrounds. And God had set things up so that that week, I wouldn't only get to be with 20 of my girls. But I would get to interact with every single kid on the campground. And I would also get to just sit and wait on them in the shade, which is amazing. So, you know, other people looking on in those moments might have thought, oh, that's nice. You get to be in the shade all week. That's great. But it was so much more than that. Remember, I had been listening and searching for God's voice. And what he said to me in that moment was, I know how you can hear me. And I have things set up. I'm taking care of you. I see you. I know you and I love you and I have a place for you to serve where you can not only serve but be refreshed while you do it. So if a picture's worth a thousand words, I have no idea how many that's worth because those were God's words, not just my own or human's words. God also wants us to remember our moments, our God moments with him when he shows himself faithful. When he stopped the flow of that Jordan River, God was faithful to his word. Because in verse 7, he had said to Joshua, Today I'll make you a great leader. Joshua obeyed, and he showed himself faithful. In verse 10, he said, Today you will all know that the living God is among you. I think that's a pretty big indicator when he stopped the flow of the river again. Again. We recognize God's faithfulness when he answers his prayer, when he actualizes the things that he's been putting into our hearts. And when those things come to fruition, we realize he means it. He's going to do what he says. Those moments are important. So when you do recognize you've had a God moment, you've got to mark it. Write it down. Take a picture. Post it on social media. Buy a souvenir. Do something to remember That's why you got to see my beautiful photography skills today. On Memorial Day, we remember so that we won't forget. I know that seems really simple. But if we don't keep reminding ourselves, we won't remember. Paul told the Philippians in chapter 4, verses 8 and 9, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think on things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you've learned and received from me, everything you've heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. We have to remind ourselves of all of those things because our God moments are filled with all of those things. He was talking to the Philippians, but the principle still stands. If you fill your mind with the things of God, God fills you with peace. We mark those moments for us. Years ago, my pa put out a frog. Let's try that again. (laughs) My pa put out a rock in his front yard between where he parks his truck and his house. And he put it out there and he said, hey guys, this is my Ebenezer rock. We're like, okay, great. You just named your rock. He said, up till now, the Lord has been faithful. I was like, Okay, I was a teenager. I don't remember exactly how old I was. I thought, well, that's kind of silly, but Paul does silly things. So, okay, great. You got a rock. I'm glad you like it. And yeah, God's pretty great. He marked that for him. He wanted a daily reminder that God's got him. And although I live next door and I still visit a lot, if you hear Henry talk, he's probably talking about Paul. He's his person. So we're there a lot. I hadn't thought about that rock in years. I mean... You know, they live in a, there's a field behind them. It, it's nature so it doesn't stand out. And I hadn't thought about it until I started preparing this message. And I was thinking about the legacy of faith that my family has established for me. And then I remembered that silly rock. And I thought, wait a second, Paul had a rock, and he called it this. What? I wonder what that actually means. So, good old Google, I went to Google and realized it wasn't a silly rock. He had been so intentional about it all along. In fact, in 1 Samuel seven twelve, it says, Samuel then took a large stone and placed it between the two towns of Mizpah and Jashana. He named it Ebenezer, which means the stone of help. For he said, up to this point, the Lord has helped us. We mark those moments for others too. While I thought that that was just a moment for him, it wasn't. He was ensuring that we all remember that the Lord is faithful. When we wouldn't listen to him, remember, I, I actually come from a long line of stubborn. When we wouldn't listen to him, out of our stubbornness or whatever the reason, we would see that rock. Or years later, I'd be preparing a message to share with you, so you're benefiting from his faith and his faithfulness, too. He placed a memorial rock so that we would all know of God's faithfulness. He was establishing a legacy of faith in us and me. We have to be really careful, though. All these moments of God's faithfulness and remembering and marking those memorials, we can't get stuck in the memorial garden. While the Arlington National Cemetery was amazing, and we probably spent too much time there when we were there, that's a story for another day, but we didn't stay there. You don't go live in the cemetery we have to be careful not to reminisce so much about the good old days that we miss out on what god has for us today the memorial garden isn't a campground it's a place to visit a reminder on memorial day we remember flowers and tokens are laid on headstones but we don't hang out in the cemetery we stop humbly remember with an attitude of awe And Thanksgiving then we get up motivated and encouraged renewed by faith to keep moving forward why because there's more God spoke to us in that moment but remember I told you I had that list of moments God has another God moment for you today and tomorrow and next week and next year Joshua and the Israelites do you remember why they were going across the Jordan River They were going to the promised land, that land that they had longed for and looked forward to for so long. They set up the memorial, and then they kept going. It was there as a reminder, not as a place to live. John 10.10 says, The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I, Jesus, has come that you might have life more abundant. You can't stay in the garden and have that more abundance. you got to get up and take that memory and that motivation with you. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now all glory to God, who's able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. All those moments are not actually for us. All those moments are for the glory of God. Go with me to Joshua four twenty one through 24. Then Joshua said to the Israelites, "In the future, your children will ask, "What do these stones mean?" Then you can tell them, "This is where the Israelites crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the river right before your eyes, and He kept it dry until you were all across, just as He did at the Red Sea. When He dried it up until we, when He dried it up until we had all crossed over. He did this so that all nations of the earth might know that the Lord's hand is powerful and so that you might fear the Lord your God forever. We can't keep it to ourselves. It's not just so that we can feel good. God meets with us because he's a personal God and he loves us. And because Jesus died and went to heaven and the veil was torn, we have direct access to God. And that's important. And we need that relationship. But we have that relationship. Remember the last thing? That Jesus told the disciples, therefore, go and make disciples. It's not just for us. It's so that all may know and fear the Lord forever. Don't keep it to yourself. So what was that moment? Go back 30 minutes ago. What was that moment? As I've been speaking, maybe one moment, maybe a long list of moments have come to mind when God met you. Maybe you had mentors in your life like me who helped set up memorials and reminders for you to know God's faithfulness. I know, though, that there are still others in this room. When I talk about God moments, you think, wish I had one of those, or I wish I had a new one. It's been so long since God's met me. Maybe you didn't grow up in a culture where faith in Jesus and just the conversation was part of your everyday life. You may not even be sure how to get to God, but remember my story about camp? In those moments, I felt like I didn't know how to get to him either, but he got to me, and he can do the same for you. It can be in this room. It could be later when you're driving down the road. It could be when, It could be any moment. I mean, I'm not even going to limit by trying to give you a list of ways that God could speak to you, even though, you know, I feel like I could really speak to that. But God's so much bigger and so much more creative and so much more wonderful than what I could ever explain to you or give you examples of. He's not limited to what you expect. He wants to meet with you. He wants you. And because I know in this room we're all different. We have different personalities, different ways of communicating and responding. And we're not all in the same place in our journey with Christ. I know all our God moments will be different And your God moments to come will likely be different than your God moments you've had in the past. He's a personal God that knows how to speak to us even when we don't know where to look. So today there are two ways I would ask you to respond. When you came in, you should have gotten something that looks like this or it might be a a smooth stone or it could be a, a piece of wood shaped. These are just a cute little piece of paper. But I want you to Think about that moment. Refer back to this when you're doubting or uncertain. If you have that moment in mind, I want you to take some minutes. And I want you to write it down. You don't have to write the whole story unless you want to. I like writing every single word, I think. But if you just want to write one word to remind you, write it down. And then put it somewhere. Tuck it in your Bible. Put it on your mirror. Wherever you're going to see it or remember it. So that you're reminded of God when you look at it. You know, one thing you could do later, you could post about it on social media. I'm giving you permission. You know, I have the stage today, so I get to give you permission to do something crazy, right? You could even pick up your phone if you don't want to write it down because, you know, that's kind of like old-fashioned. You could post it on social media today. What better way than in this very moment responding immediately and telling the world about God's faithfulness? So during this response time, If that's how you want to respond, that's fantastic. Pull out your phone and do it. I won't even think anything about you other than they listened to what I said. Second, to the person in this room who feels lost, you're empty, you're searching, you're in desperate need of just a fresh moment with God. Maybe you've had them in the past. Maybe you're just in a really hard time and you just need that reassurance from God. Maybe you've never committed your life to Jesus. Today can be your day. As I'm speaking, our prayer team is going to come up ready to meet with you. So if you're one of our life group leaders or you staff or um, our board members, go ahead and join me up here. When you get up here, we're just going to pray for you. We'll probably put our hands on your shoulder, nothing weird or anything. We just want to pray and agree that God would meet you. And even after you leave today, if it's not in this very moment, you know, a lot of times we feel like the world just has to shake. And that is when God meets us. But sometimes it's in the stillness of a moment. So don't judge your moment by the way you feel. Because God's bigger and above our feelings. God wants you to resp- I ask you to respond. God says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. And we'll share a meal together as friends. He's just waiting on us to open the door. Will you come? I'm going to come down front. And if you would like to come for a prayer, we would love to join you in agreement with that. How we thank you so much that you're a personal God and you meet with us. How that you don't expect any specific response or reaction from us. But that you just expect us to surrender our heart. God, as my friends go and enjoy the weekend and their weeks ahead, that you would continue to meet with us. God, that they would expect your voice, but also be so pleasantly surprised and encouraged by your moments of meeting with them. In Jesus' name, amen. Before you go to bed today, tell somebody about your God moment. Encourage them about God's faithfulness. If today's your first time, I'm going to be out. Um, Adam's already out there ready to meet you and trade you a gift for a card. Thank you for being here today. Enjoy your Memorial Day weekend. Hello, this is Greg Sanders, pastor of the Assembly here in Cabot. I want to say thanks for listening today. If you are ever in the Cabot area, we'd love to have you join us for a service. For service times, check out our webpage at theassemblycabot.com. Thanks again for listening. We hope you have a great day and God bless.